How do we respond when life seems meaningless? When the suffering hits and the waves of suffering we feel seems itself to be totally pointless, what then? This essential topic Pastor John took up in one of his most important sermons he has ever preached. It's one that he preached in the year 2013, and a listener named Jared sent it in to us as a clip that he loves, and it's a clip many of you will recognize because it became a clip that got embedded into a Shane and Shane song, Though You Slay Me. Uh, Most of you have heard that song because the music video has now surpassed 7 million plays on YouTube. It's an incredible song powerful music video I know that God has used in many of your lives, even those of you who have watched it through a veil of tears. And all of it is rooted in one sermon everyone should listen to at some point. For now, here's an extended clip from Pastor John's 2013 sermon. Have a listen. So, Paul really does experience not losing heart because of truths, realities that he puts into his head day by day, day by day for renewal. Now, one more step. What about the four at the beginning of verse 17? Like we're going to beat verse 16 to death if we don't move on. But my, there's a lot of life in there. He doesn't give up easy. I love to pound on verses till they're dead. That's an odd way to say it, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, verse 17. Verse 16, we don't lose heart. We're going to be renewed every day. For, because this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Verse 17 is the main argument. It's the main because, the main thing. This light momentary affliction is doing something. It's working for us an eternal weight of glory. And verse, all verse 18 does is say, look at it. You can't see it, but look at it. If you look at the fallenness of man coming at you with its guns or the the fallenness of nature coming at you with its tsunamis, all you're going to do is lose heart. Stop looking at that. Look at the unseen. What what unseen are you talking about? And how do you look at something that's unseen? That's a contradiction. Can't look at what you can't look at. (laughs) You said it's unseen. Stop telling me to see it. How do you look at the unseen so as to not lose heart and so as to be renewed every day. And verse 17 is the main unseen thing you look at. We do not lose heart because this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Look at this, he says. Look at this. What do you you see when you look at verse 17? You see him calling his affliction, which lasted a lifetime, momentary. I'm 67, people are supposed, you're supposed to retire, right? Paul suffered until the sword severed his head from his body. There was no year or two of fishing. If, if Paul was going to have a retirement, it would be post-beheading. 
So if he didn't have this, he had nothing. He said, if there's no resurrection from the dead, I'm an idiot. That's what he said, 1 Corinthians 15. He called his lifelong beatings and shipwreck and sleepless nights and agony for the church, he called it momentary. You see that there in verse 17? This light momentary. He called it light and he called it momentary. That's crazy. That's not what you see. You look at it, you say, 60 years, 50. I'm not sure how old he was when he died. Long time, 20, 30 years of relentless imprisonments and, and persecution. And he calls it momentary, and he calls it light. And, and you see also, don't you, the contrast between momentary in verse 17 is eternal, and the contrast with light is weight. So let's read it again. Notice those parallels. His light momentary affliction is preparing for him an eternal, that corresponds to momentary, weight, that corresponds to light, of glory. So he could see See? See, really? You can't see. But he saw beyond the grave, according to promise, he saw glory. The glory of God that would be seen and the glory of God that would be given to him. And it made his lifelong suffering look momentary and it made the weight of the pain look light. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will Give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You are kidding me. You got to die for Jesus. You're going to call that light? Yes. Why? Because I look to the unseen. What? Glory. Glory beyond the grave that's going to so make up for this brief life. It will look momentary and it will look light. That's the unseen you got to look at. One more thing, and this, I, I end with this because it's just so, so relevant for so many suffering people and so precious to me. This word in verse 17, preparing, preparing. Not only is all your affliction momentary, not only is all your affliction light in comparison to eternity and the glory there, but all of it is totally meaningful. Now that is a very controversial statement because of how much insane suffering there is in the world. Every time something horrific happens, an interviewer will say, meaningless. And that is what it looks like. That's what it looks like. See, look at it, look at it. This is meaningless. These these 23 kids in India, what did they do? They ate lunch. And they're dead. Or more Oklahoma. Or Boston. It's everywhere. Now we've got the internet. We've got no excuse for not crying every day. Weep with those who weep, right? If you don't have a theology that can cope with the internet horrors, you just better check out or get one. This text says, our light Momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight. It doesn't say we'll be followed by an eternal weight of glory. That would be good enough. 
That would be good enough. That's not what it says. Kat ergodzomai. Forgive the Greek. I just love it. Got to like dump it out every now and then. You don't need to know that. The word means produced, prepare, cause to bring about. I'll venture this. Every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature or fallen man, every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that. That's a very controversial statement, and I believe it. So that if anybody says to me that a believer's suffering was meaningless, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet probably because they're, they're uh, probably hurting really bad right now. And I'm going to wait and see when the right time is. But I'm going to come back eventually and say, it wasn't meaningless. I don't care if it was cancer or criticism. I don't care if it was slander or sickness. It wasn't meaningless because verse 17 says my light momentary lifelong total affliction is doing something it's doing something it's not meaningless of course you can't see what it's doing this, this is the main unseen thing verse 18 is talking about i think what's the unseen you're supposed to look at you're supposed to look at the the, the promise of God in verse 17 that says your pain is doing something for you. You can't see it. You can't feel it. Either you see it with the eyes of faith, believe it because the text says it, or you lose heart. And I'm going to close with John the Baptist as an illustration. I, love, I love and groan. My name's John. I, lo- I love all the Johns in the world. That's a weird thing to say in the city. <clears throat> if I were good enough, I would. Um, but I love John the Baptist. He's in prison, and you know why he's in prison. Jesus said, there is no man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. <sighs> he's in prison. You know why he's in prison? Because he looked the king right in the face and said, you can't have her. She is Philip's wife. You're an adulterer. Well, that's a very dangerous thing to say to a king who has absolute authority over anybody doing anything he wants. So he puts him in jail. He's scared of him, so he hasn't killed him. But there he sits, and now it's Herod's birthday. And he gives a party for himself, throws in a little bonus, a little sexual bonus for his guests, has his stepdaughter dance. Really, really pleasing dance. Turns everybody on. They're all loving it. And when she's done, he knows she's pleased the guests. So to reward her, he says, I'll give you whatever you want up to half my kingdom. She goes to her mom, Herodias, who hates John the Baptist. He says, what should I ask for? And her mom says, ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. She walks back in. Everybody's listening. What's she going to ask for? I want right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Silence in the room. King can't take it back. Okay. He whispers to his attendant, get it. John's sitting there in the cell wondering how the kingdom is going to come. And the door opens and two guys are standing there, one of them with a sword. It's this moment of silence, doesn't know what's going on. 
And the one with the sword says, come over here and kneel down. And if, if you struggle, we'll bind you. And John says, what, what, what happened? What, what's going on? And the executioner says, king's daughter danced in the party and uh, she asked for your head and we've come to get it. We're going to take your head. That's the last thing he has to think about in the next 20 seconds. What would you think? Everything in me says, God, what can be more meaningless than a party where a girl dances Ask for the greatest man on the planet's head, and within two verses of the Bible, he's dead. God, God, meaningless, absolutely meaningless way to die. Nothing glorious about it. It stinks to high heaven. I'll tell you, I hope God in his mercy put into John's head in those 20 seconds, this light momentary affliction is working for you an eternal weight of glory. And so I, I believe the main because for not losing heart in this text is that none of your suffering is meaningless. It'll feel that way. That's why verse 18 says, don't look at what's seen. I mean, you just stand there watching that happen. You just stand there watching that happen. He's like, you're going to kill him. He didn't do anything. She just danced. Don't do that. It's meaningless. This is totally crazy. This is an absurd novel. This doesn't happen. That's, that's the way you talk, right? What, you, what your eyes are telling you is meaningless. Don't look to what is seen. When your mom dies, when your kid dies, when you got cancer at 40, when a car careens into the sidewalk and takes her out, don't, don't say, it's meaningless. It's not. It's working for you an eternal weight of glory. Therefore, therefore, do not lose heart, but take these truths all the ones you've heard in every message, and day by day, focus on them. Preach them to yourself every morning. Get alone with God and preach his word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and cared for. So God, come and do your mighty work through your word and through this people in all their ministries, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Powerful truth. That's an amazing sermon clip. Go and listen to the whole sermon at some point. It's titled, The Glory of God in the Sight of Eternity, preached on July 26, 2013, sermon on 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. The audio and video is at desiringgod.org. And be sure to go to YouTube and watch Though You Slay Me by Shane and Shane with the Piper Sermon Clip 2. If you have not, it is powerful. So Jared, thank you for reviving this clip and sending it in to us.
It'll be hard to top this one, but if you have a favorite sermon clip of Pastor John preaching, send it to me. Give me the title of the sermon and the timestamps of the audio of when the clip begins and ends. Tell me why it's impacted you. Give me your name and the closest city to you, and email me all those details at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. Put the word clip in the subject line, please, if you would, and maybe we can share it here on the podcast. Next up is faultless chastity. Faultless chastity. Too high of a standard for pastors. To boot a pastor from their role for sexual sin, isn't that too harsh? It's a question on the minds of a few listeners at least, and it's up next time. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. We will see you on Friday.